Welcome to you all. You're all doing well? Sounds like it. You guys doing well? I love to worship. We love to worship here. Welcome to the visitors. If you noticed after about 15 minutes we didn't stop singing, um, you should come to an encounter night. That takes about two hours of worship. That's wonderful. My wife's going to come stand with me. Um, it's Thanksgiving, and we're doing, <clears throat> in a sense, a Thanksgiving-type service. Uh, we're going to stay in the series that we're in, but we just wanted to take a moment. And, um, you know, as the church grows, it's funny because we've never focused on growth. I'm not... Let's, let's, look, let's look married. I'm not wearing my ring because my finger's too fat. But, but as, we, as we have grown as a church, there's so many people that have come from so many different churches and places, and, you know, it's hard to keep track of everyone and remember people's names and so forth, and yet there's a desperate value in our heart for family, and it, it may not be like that from your perspective at times, and I understand it, but as it grows, and, and we just, we're not focusing on it, but, you know, the Bible, biblical growth is when God adds. And so as that happens, there's a greater weight of responsibility and servicing and all the different teams. And, and I just want to say thank you. I, I, I don't even know all that goes down. I really don't. And as it's grown, I've become a little bit more removed from that. A little while ago, we had someone came and said to me, where's the key for the storage locker? I said, oh, no, we don't, we don't have one. Then they went to the admin. They were like, yeah, we do. He doesn't know. So I just, you know, I become a little bit removed but um, it's, not, it's not by intention, it's just by necessity. But I, I just want to thank you all for all those who serve, and, and even those who, in a sense, who don't, sometimes the hardest to serve is just a season of life. And we just want to thank you. This church has been so good to us personally. It's been so good to my family. And uh, this church really has seen a process of our family even becoming citizens. And, but we just, well, not her. She was born in America. Although she sounds like a South African, some people say. But, um, but yeah, I just want to thank every person. Really, I want to thank you for what you do and for all your serving and for all the effort. and all. You know, people walk in here, it looks all done. That takes a lot of work. These guys behind us who lead us into worship, they, it takes work. And so I just want to thank you. So I'm going to give my, the, the mic to my wife, Sue, to say something as well. Yeah, just echoing what Clayton said, there's just there's so much that goes on the behind the scenes, and we know that in even a family unit. And I think so much more on the holidays, we're so aware of that, right? All the scrambling you all are already doing to prepare for Thanksgiving. And it's just a privilege to be able to open this house, in a sense, the Lord's house. Like, how much more do we prepare to have this place ready to just welcome him, welcome his people? So I would actually like members, team members to stand if you are on a serving team right now, worship, kids place, connection team, sound, AV, if you're serving behind the scenes on a serving team, could you please just stand if you're on the team or have been this year so you guys can just see. Let's give them a hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We really appreciate all that you guys do. We appreciate all that it takes. We know you do it for the Lord. You do it to build the kingdom. And we're just really grateful. And without what everyone does, we wouldn't be able to just come and worship the Lord together. So we're really grateful for all that, that God's put in your heart to do. So thank you. Okay. Yeah, thank you. And again, I know you do it for the Lord, but your yes to him blesses everyone else. That's what it is. God puts something in your heart. You're like, should I, shouldn't I? And it rises up in your heart. So your yes to him blesses others. So thank you. Wonderful. I'm going to switch mics so you can all watch the awkward exchange. All right. <clears throat> so we're in a series of uh, something called Simple Devotion. And uh, I've actually quite enjoyed the series. And um, we've had a lot of feedback, just people just trying to be as practical as we can. We started, I don't know how many weeks ago, five, six weeks, just playing a video by a gentleman, Andrew Brunson. I think I've mentioned this almost every week, but I'll keep saying it. Uh, He was arrested for his faith and got taken to Turkey. It was a kangaroo court, and we watched that. And what he said was when trials came his way and when 
when darkness, in a sense, overtook him, he, he recognized, he knew how to pursue the Lord intensely and, and you, know, at, you know, just go after God. But what he saw, what was actually missing, was a basic, daily, simple, simple, even five minutes, 20 minutes, not just a time, but just basic devotion in the heart. Because what happens is when you develop a routine, even if it changes just the heart to have a simple devotion, um, and I'm not talking about the act of devotion, but devotion from the heart of your life that will lead into practical things, it actually waxes. You know the, the, the term, it waxes. It builds little bit upon little bit upon little bit. And he noticed his wife had this basic devotional life, and she was so strong. And so he spoke about it. So God just put it on our heart to, to launch into a series where we can bring some practical messages to the best of my ability that assist us in actually spiritual realities. Because many people just go through the motions. I often ask people, why do you say grace? Why do you do this? Why do you lift your hands? And they, don't, they can't say. They just say, well, you know, it's what we do. Why? And because if it's not done with conviction, it actually doesn't carry power. So we're trying to be as practical as we can. So the first, uh, we spoke about prayer. Then trust, Dwayne did something on trust, which again I thought was outstanding. And we spoke about biblical fellowship, and then last week the renewing of the mind. The renewing of the mind which leads to transformation of the believer, according to the book of Romans. But if you could turn your Bibles, please, to 1 Thessalonians 5. It is Thanksgiving, and when we launched on this series, I actually got excited about this day. Because I wanted to speak on Thanksgiving in a very practical way. And so, in a sense, I've been waiting to do that. And this, uh, this passage of Scripture, it's very well known. Um, it's read often, but probably six, seven years ago, it started to really grip my heart, and I started to see just the practicality of it. But it says here, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Well, that doesn't mean never stop praying. And when I read that as a young person in ministry, I thought, that's, uh, that's pretty intense. You know, never stop praying. And it just means, you know, whatever's going on, you're going to come to pray about it. There's a lifestyle. There's an ongoing lifestyle of prayer. You know that there's an answer there. You know that there's a relationship there. But uh, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Can we say that together, verse 16, and let's just read 16 and 17 and 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The, the phrase there, in Christ Jesus, basically means it's talking about those who are saved. I think the NLT will come up behind me, the New Living Translation. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. You being in Christ is saved. So God, it's interesting to me, I, I see throughout the Bible, God put, in a sense, in the earth, if you look at, as we look at today, he put this understanding of just saying thank you. And throughout the scripture, I see it as a sacrifice in the Old Testament, which you will look at. I see it as a practice in the New Testament. I see it as part of the culture, all these commands, all through all the different covenants. Say thank you, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. And often when the Lord, is, when the Lord does that, it causes, in a sense, some of us to, to, to turn aside and go, there's something in the giving of thanks that he knows that does us good. There's something in, why is he doing that? Of all the things he could say, he said, do this. Give thanks, give thanks, give thanks. All through the Psalms. And it does us good. And so we want to know his ways. That's why uh, I actually didn't read it in the beginning. It says, uh, Psalm 103, verse 7, he made his ways... He made known his ways to Moses, but his acts or his deeds to the children of Israel. They saw his power and his miracles. It's one of my dad's favorite verses. I grew up hearing it all the time. You know, the children of Israel saw his deeds, but Moses knew his ways. He knew why. He knew how he thought. He knew why is that happening. He knew how that happens. He understood the heart of God and could actually, in a sense, then intentionally release God's will at certain times. Because he knew his ways. Not just what he did. 
And so we want to know the ways of God. He has invited us into relationship. This is eternal life, John 17, 3, that you would come to know God, that you would know God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. He invites us into knowing him. It's Jesus' definition of eternal life. It's not just living forever. So when you come to the issue of giving thanks, we desire to know his way. So we're going to look at some truth in this series of simple devotion, and then at the end we'll get practical. But sometimes we need to see the truth, and then we can get practical at the end. What is, why is it so important? What is this thing of to give thanks? Yeah? So can I ask you one more time, just to bless me? Could you stand one more time so we could pray? That's also a secret little trick, you see. If you sat for a while and you stand again, then I know less people will fall asleep. So, <laughs> can we just open our hearts whenever we come to his word? Father, we, we thank you for your word. I often think of Charles Wesley. It says whenever he read the word, he read it on his knees. Father, we bless your name today. We give you thanks today. And we pray, Holy Spirit, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that our hearts, not my words, but your word, would pierce hearts and begin to bring freedom and revelation in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. So, we all teach our children, I hope, we all teach our children to say thank you. It doesn't mean that all parents sit down and think about why it's important. We just have this instinct of knowing, I want a grateful child. You know, because... Gratitude is actually a sign of maturity. Lack of gratitude is a sign of, it's a sign of immaturity. It really, really is. Think of a time, and I've had some recently, where you've blessed your children all day. They could be teenagers. I ran into a man at Home Depot, and he had these four uh, children lined up behind him who were in their 20s and 30s. And, um, and I had my two kids, and he goes, yeah, you know, they're going to cost you. So I said, no, they're going to cost you more because you're buying them houses and cars. I'm just buying them sweets. And he said, yeah, that's true. I was like, yeah. So, but no matter the age, you, you, you've spent, especially with little kids, you've spent the whole day, right? All parents know this. You've blessed them. You had a plan. You've put your plan, what you wanted to do. You spent the whole day blessing your kids and just on purpose, this desire to just lavish on your children. And you do this. And they've had this amazing day. They've gone from this experience to that and, you know, friends and then something else. Then you get to the end of the day and they fight about something stupid. You know, like, that's my quarter. I'm like, actually, all the money in the house is mine. You know, whatever. (laughs) So they're fighting about something and then they go to bed whining and unhappy. And you're like, what? You know, and you want to, like, minister to them. But, you know, so... And, and you know you can't, and so you just, you work through it. But it does something in the parent's heart when they're like, you know, and you want to go through. Don't you know what I went through when I was a kid? My mom and dad would have, you know, the whole thing. And you, and you can't, that doesn't, they, they just don't understand it if they're very young. But it does something in a heart where there's no gratitude. Yeah? It's much the same with the Lord. Because thanksgiving, or just, just thanksgiving, is actually a form of honor. It says in Psalm 50, verse 23, those who sacrifice thank offerings, which we'll talk about soon, honor me, God says. Those who sacrifice thanks offering, thank offerings, which wasn't required, it was voluntary, honor me. In Ephesians 6, we know it, it talks about, it says, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the, on the earth. In other words, and you've heard us teach on this before, but there's something about honor that is linked, is tied to your future and to your inheritance. You, you can inherit what you don't honor. The giving of thanks honors God and is actually tied to your future with him. much like a child and a parent. It's it's essential for life to just say thank you. I'll give you another 
little story. Imagine there, you're there with your friends, right? You're at someone's house and, you know, four or five couples or whatever, and all the kids are outside and they come running in. You know, if, like, if it's like I got two boys and when they come running in, my prayer is, Lord, let the door stay on the hinges. Let them not go through the door. Let them not kill the, each other, you know, whatever. And so they come charging in, say 12 kids, and, and then, you know, because they said, hey, we're going to give you a popsicle or whatever. And they come, and they're there, and they smell, and they're stinky, and, and, you know, screaming, and your quiet conversation goes to a whole different level. And then you, you give them popsicles, and then they're gone. But what happens if one of his own choice turns around, comes back, and looks at you, and says, Dad, thank you and then leaves. Well, if that happens, revival has hit your house, <laughs> and, 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 and that's wonderful. But, but, but what happens in the heart, first the parent goes, that's my son. <laughs> Take note, you know. But there's something that that does, why? Because it's different to when you give them, and they say thank you, thank you, you know, every time a reminder. They're saying the same words. Say thank you, oh yeah, thank you, gone. Because you're training them, of course. Versus thanksgiving from the heart. It does something different to the one who is in authority, which is you as a parent. You now desire to give them more. And sometimes you shouldn't. But the desire is there. So, we're going to look at thanksgiving from the heart, number one, in the Old Testament, and I'm going to go through this quickly, there were five main types of offerings, three which were not, in a sense, required or forced, and two which were. There were the burnt offering, and I'm not going to go through, the, the offering, the, the sacrificial system is, in a sense, basic at, at a, some point, but once you go into it, it gets pretty complicated. But there's a, there, were a, there was burnt offering, there was a grain offering, there was a peace offering, and those three were what they call sweet savor offerings. They were not required. You know, when I was a kid and I used to hear someone read, you know, when Noah made a, a, an altar or someone would do something, he says it was a sweet smelling aroma to the Lord. I used to think, you see, even he likes the smell of barbecue. It just, <laughs> I used to think like he likes the smell, but because I was a kid, but it's actually a sweet smelling, it's a sweet savor offering. Why? Because it's from the heart, it's not required. And what smells good to him is the heart of the person. Then there were two that were required for sin, the sin offering and a trespass, trespass offering. But it was out of the overflow of the heart. You can find the peace offering in Leviticus 3 and Leviticus 7. Now, with the, let's look at the peace offering. The peace offering had, in a sense, a few different types of offerings, but three mainly, which was a thanksgiving offering, which was a type of peace offering, which often ended up with praise, especially in the days of David, uh, a vows or votive offering, like Hannah, where there was this cry out to God and something's happened and she went to the temple to honor and thank God for Samuel. That was like a votive offering. And a free will offering, just expression of this worshiper. So we can look at that whole system and study it, but miss the point. What's the point? Well, firstly, with the uniqueness factor of a peace offering, it was the only offering out of all of those five that peace offering was the only one, actually I think, can I read you something, is it coming up there? The peace offering was the only offering where the worshiper shared in the offering with God. It was the only offering when they actually ate something. It was a fellowship meal. We spoke about that a few weeks ago. Between God, the priest, and the worshiper. Only part of the animal and cereal, or grain, is not Kellogg's. Okay. <laughs> only part of the animal and cereal was offered up, and the rest was left for the person bringing the offering and anyone else in the vicinity of the sanctuary to consume. And so it often became something that our friends and family would, in a sense, have a celebration moment as a sweet savor offering. They would call family and friends to be in the vicinity, and they would have this offering, and everyone would actually feast. And it was a, a peace offering. And the Lord is showing us something very interesting, that the experience of peace in our life, in our heart, is actually tied to our practice of giving thanks from the heart. Wasn't required, didn't have to, but sometimes he puts things in our heart and, and, and he, 
he teaches us stuff that are for our good because everything God does is with a purpose. He's the most purposeful being. I mean, everything he does has a purpose. And so if you look, the Bible says, look into the old and learn lessons. And so there's something, it's a peace offering. There's something about the giving of thanks. We don't have to, we, not just thankful in the heart, the actual act of giving thanks, which we will get practical at the end, that is actually linked, is tied to the sense of peace in the heart. It's all through, all through the Bible. Ephesians 2 says, he himself is our peace. Jesus was our peace offering, but I'm not teaching on the sacrificial system. But he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the wall of separation. That's between people. So thankfulness from the heart will actually keep us, in a sense, in his peace. We always have access to it, but we don't always have to, you know, in the midst of a circumstance, because it was a sacrifice, it cost them something. It, it, it costs something. So in the midst of a circumstance, and many of you are there now, we don't, it's like we talk about the peace of God, but I can't, seem to, I can't seem to find access to his peace. Who knows what I'm talking about? Life is cray, and I, well, it actually has something to do with, with the giving of thanks. It was a peace offering. So it takes... The peace, what did Jesus say before he left? After he rose from the dead, he appears to his disciples. He says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. My peace I give unto you. I give you this. And, but yet the experience or the, the, the sense of his peace in the midst of trial is actually tied to people who know how to thank him when it costs. In everything, 1 Thessalonians 5, not for everything. Not for everything, because there's a lot of stuff that happens that he's not the author of. But in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. People are, what's the will of God? Should I do this and should I be this? No, the will of God for you is rejoice always. Give, in everything, give thanks. And I forgot the last one. Pray without ceasing. For this is the will of God, the Bible says, concerning you. Because it does you good. It's not this legalistic requirement. It's not you better or else. God knows something we don't understand. That throughout scripture, the experience of his peace, Jesus is our peace. It says that in Ephesians. The peace is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. But the sense and experience of that peace, even in the midst of storm, is the, the practice of giving thanks. Giving him thanks. Maybe not for what you're going through, but giving him thanks even when it costs you. And peace starts to come. As it is with offerings, it's not compulsory, but it'll do, it'll do you good. So then we see it goes even further under David. Can we go further on? Under David, this is actually quite, it's, it's fascinating to me. People were appointed to thankfulness, like as a job. It's crazy. Look at 1 Chronicles 16.4. It says, it's just after the ark, in the, in the sense the presence of God has come back to Israel, the ark has come back, and then he does this. He, he sets up that, but then he starts to implement something, that, the, the, a new worship system that was never before seen. But it starts with this. And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord to commemorate. That means to record. That's, thank goodness, that's why we have the Psalms. To commemorate, to thank, and to praise the Lord God of Israel. You'll see it in 1 Corinthians 16. You'll see it in 1 Corinthians 25, 1 Corinthians 23, 1 Corinthians even 12, I think it is, Nehemiah 11. All through, you'll see he actually appointed people. He assigned them to thank. It's like what they did. And not a few, like thousands, 4,000, 8,000, full time. <laughs> think about that. He knew something that I think the modern church has forgotten. People were giving the job to thank. What does that tell us? This is now moving from the response of thankfulness to the discipline of thankfulness. Because it's, in a sense, their job. Means most of the time, they're not going to feel like it. How many of you know your child doesn't feel like saying thank you? 
but you know it does them good. You want them to do it. It's going to help them through their life. Right? Every once in a while, it comes from the heart. You see their eyes. They recognize. Oh, my mom and dad, they do everything. Oh, thank you. It lasts like a minute. No, no, like five seconds. And then it's on to what I want to do next. Right? It's similar with the Lord. But now, this is now, the Lord is taking them through. And he's like, actually, there's a discipline of thanks. There's a discipline of thanks. Not to make it serious, but that's what they were actually assigned to do, which means it's not about how I feel and what season I'm going through or about my circumstance. So imagine, just, it, imagine you're standing, and you know, what do you do? Oh, I work in IT. What do you do? I'm a doctor. I'm a chiropractor. I'm a plumber. What do you do? I, uh, I thank. Really? Yep. That's, I'm a professional thanker. That's what I do. I'm really good at it. I thank. What do you do? Well, I go and I stand somewhere, and then I, I, I just thank him for, you know, all the things that we're grateful for, and I'm grateful for, and I, and I thank him. That's what you do? Yep. How long? Oh, every day. All day. That's my job. I'm a thanker. Thousands of them. Thousands. What does that mean? Practically, they would have been required to develop a vocabulary of giving thanks. A very expressive voc vocabulary of how to give thanks, all the different ways. They would have had to develop an understanding of what he's done for them, Israel, I mean, coming out of Egypt, and what he said he's going to do, because they would also thank him in advance. They would actually have to study and, do, uh, do, and put in them what he's done and what he said he's going to do, so they could thank him accurately. They would also be required to understand who he said he is, his nature, his heart. I'll give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Where did that all come from? This that I'm talking about. Thousands of people giving themselves on how to thank him. Regardless of how they feel or what happened, they would stand and begin to thank him. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. <laughs> that may seem dry, religious, even legalistic, but there's godly wisdom in it. Why? He's giving them a practical routine to confess truth that was greater than what was currently overwhelming their heart. I'll say that again. He gave them a practical routine to confess truth that was greater than what was currently overwhelming their heart and removing their peace. You stand somewhere in the midst of trial and you begin to thank him. Your trial seems to get smaller and your God seems to get bigger. What you focus on seems to grow, whether it's truth or problems. <laughs> don't ignore the problem. Don't stick your head in the sand. I'm not saying that, but don't feed off of it. Complaining, please hear me, please. Complaining is literally like food to the demonic realm. It's like food. They feed off of it. When we complain, the thing we're complaining about grows. Complaining, Chris said, say it again. Complaining is like food to the demonic realm. It feeds off of it. Friends, this is something that can become so practical if you choose to make it practical. So practical. It's so basic. If we want to, if we make the time to, let's say when I'm in traffic, my wife and I, we have this, well, actually it's, it's she has it and it's, it's true. We have in the house Clayton 1.0, which is me when I'm being not so nice. That's Clayton 1.0. And then she says, I think you need to go and meet with God or do something and come back with Clayton 2.0. That's how, that's, and so sometimes when I come home, I'm like, babe, Clayton 2.0 is here. I'm doing well, you know, whatever. But let's say, so simple, upgrade, yeah. Yeah, it comes from the Lord, thank, thank the Lord. So I, um, you know, you're sitting in traffic, right? And, and now you're sitting in traffic and now you're late and now you're starting to stress and you're starting to think about that you're late and you've been late before and, you know, this uncircumcised Philistine that is in your path and he needs to move and what am I going to do? Now you're going to start to think, what am I going to say? Possibly maybe lie about why I'm late. Maybe there was an accident when there wasn't. I mean, none of you ever do that, but, 
you know, whatever. And it starts to build up. Hello? Yeah, or, or, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you've given me time to pray for what I'm just about to do. I, I do this. I thank you. I must need your perspective that I don't have. Lord, I thank you. I just thank you. And then it starts to roll. Lord, oh, thank you for, my, for what happened yesterday. Man, that was that breakthrough that that person came. Lord, I, I thank you for my children. I thank you that the car I'm driving in was given to me. I thank you. What starts to happen in the heart? Which person do you want to arrive at that meeting? Which person does your boss want to arrive at that meeting? One point or two point. Which person arrives with the peace and clarity that is actually needed to make decisions in that meeting? From basic the, the, the discipline of saying thank you. Philippians four says this, verse six: Be anxious for nothing. I heard someone say. Um, he was preaching and he said, be anxious for nothing. He said, I've, I've obeyed that command perfectly all through my life. And everyone was like, no, you haven't. He said, because everything I've ever been anxious about has come to nothing. And he goes, oh, wait, that's not what it means. But it was, is <laughs> proving a point. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, this is prayer and supplication is that you're contending for breakthrough. You know, you're praying, it's prayer and supplication. God, we need breakthrough. There's a, it's that moment. But it says, What? So when, that's, when you're in that state, God, we need breakthrough. Lord, open or We're praying for healing, whatever. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. It was a peace offering. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ. If a Jewish person read that back in the early church, they would have understood because it's tied to a peace offering. Let me celebrate who God is and who he has declared himself to be. I'm a professional thanker. I, I do it all day. So I'm thanking God. And now this arises an issue. I'm going to, in a sense, activate the professional thanker part of me. And I'm going to thank him so that the peace that surpasses my understanding, I don't understand why, why this is happening. I don't have an answer. I don't need an answer. I need peace. Many of you are facing situations now because of a mandate with your career, with whatever it is. I encourage you, this simple thing that I'm talking about will help you enormously. More than counseling, obviously use wisdom. In everything, give thanks. Find things to thank him for until peace comes. Give peace and the pe- uh, give thanks, and the peace of God it literally will mark you. You know, if you have to make lists, make lists. I I I do. I have some. I used to when I first got saved. I used to make lists of who who the Bible says I am in Christ because I was so broken and insecure and just insecurity was a big ill a big deal for me and and so I thought I'm a son. I am righteous in His sight. He has qualified me. He has to and I would you know. And I would take lists with me. I also made lists. Of the, I literally had the cards and take lists. And when you're overwhelmed, you just, I would just, you thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Now you have a little phone, which you know I'm not a great fan of this technology that seems to divide people. But let me tell you, use it for the good thing. Until it becomes natural for you. Just the reaction. I thank you, Lord. Lastly, let's go into the last thing, the power of giving thanks, or the power of thanksgiving. Go to the book of 1 Timothy, please, chapter 4. I trust this is helpful for you. It is Thanksgiving next week, and you know it's the 400th anniversary. 400th anniversary, 1621, 400 years ago was the first Thanksgiving for this nation. That's a, that's a long time. And so, and I do trust that you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. So 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 to 5. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, 
giving heed to deceiving spirits and, excuse me, and doctrines of demons. I'm not teaching on this now, but it always fascinates me that demons have a belief system. There's actually a belief system in the enemy's camp. I'm just reading you the Bible. And how does it start? Well, it actually tells us. It starts by trying to perform for something that God's already given you. It says here, uh, giving heed to deceiving spirits and, to, and, to, and, uh, and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, doing something to be holy that God has actually said is okay. Look how holy we are. It's sometimes how the doctrine of demons starts, this overly religious I'll just move on. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. This is a stunning verse. Nothing that God made is evil. That's actually, he's looking back to Genesis 1.29, Genesis 1.31, when God says, all the plants and everything I've given you, first he called his creation good. And he says, all the plants and I've given you for food. And then Genesis 9, after Noah, he says, actually I think I wrote it, everything that now lives and moves about will be food for you, just as I gave you the green plants and I'll give you everything. So here's this guy saying, you know, for every creature of God is good. He's talking about abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. What's happening here? Very quickly. It's, it's a fascinating, it's, it's very fascinating to me. Paul has this strange thing that he says in other parts of the New Testament. He says, if, if your neighbor or someone offers food to an idol and, and, and they know, and you see them do it, and you know it's been offered to an idol, and they know that you know that it was offered, don't eat it. Not because you have to be afraid of it, because it'll affect their conscience. But he says, if they don't know that you know, yeah, you can eat it. Huh. And I know Acts 15, I'm talking later, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 Corinthians 10, 1 Corinthians 11. Because it is, it is cleansed by the word of God and by prayer through the giving of thanks. So here is a, uh, a rabbi. Okay, let's just say. Now they've offered it to, to demons. They've offered it to, to, they've sacrificed it to idols. This is also in Romans 14. I'm just trying to give you a quick and they've sacrificed it to idols. And what was actually happening for those who weren't, in a sense, centered in the truth, it was causing people to get sick, even some people to die. So now they've offered it to idols. So it's something that God made that's good. But now it's been put in the enemy's hand. And now they give it to you. And now you're going to put that in your body. And so some people, even today, in Romans 14, they said, I'll never do that. Other people said, actually, God's bigger than that. Why? Because it's not just sanctified by when you say thank you, by the word of God in prayer. In other words, this person that's there knows, well, I actually know what God said about this. God said that nothing made us, you know, he called creation good. God gave us everything. There's something that supersedes whatever, whatever this person has done to something that God made and twisted it and corrupted it. God is bigger and God made it. So God, I thank you for this. Because you know the word and you know what God said about something. And what it does, it actually takes it, think about this, it takes it out of the hand of the enemy and puts it in God's hand. And what was now meant to cause you harm is now going to nourish your body. Why? Thanksgiving. <laughs> think about it. That's literally what it says. I'll take something out of the enemy's hand that was meant for, to do me harm and I will restore it to what God's original intention was for it, which was to be good for me. 
Are you guys with me? Why? Because I know what God said about something. And so through the giving of thanks, it is sanctified. Sanctified means now separated, consecrated, but it also means to be put into a state of proper, func- of proper function. That's what it means. That's why I've said a pen that is laying on the table is, is not sanctified. It's sanctified when it's being used to write. It's in a state of proper function. To give thanks according to God's word. It's not just, oh God, I thank you for what I want. It's not just, God, I thank you, then I can do whatever I want. It's not that. It says according to the word of God and with prayer. This is why, this is often the scripture that many people use to say that we must say grace before we have food. The Bible actually doesn't say that in the New Testament. It's a wonderful thing to do. But because of the culture and what they were dealing with and the different cultures and the sacrificing of idols in those days, they would always thank God for their food. And we've whittled that this amazing truth of the power of thanksgiving down to, okay, amen, let's eat. It was something real and something powerful and something with authority to take something out of the enemy's hand and consecrate it and put it into God's hand. And now it's going to do me good. Why? From thanksgiving. (laughs) To give thanks according to God's word is how we partner with the Holy Spirit to restore God's intended design. You don't have to. Like I said, it's not forced. It's a Thanksgiving offering. You don't have to, but it'll do you good. This was a New Testament church practice. They all did it. They needed to do it. Let me say this to you. If it's true of food, what about people? <laughs> what about people? People come against you, shout at you, accuse you, betray you, whatever. And it hurts. It sucks. Awful. I get it. What do you do? Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for them because I know what you say about them. And just like that food, Lord, I know that the enemy has come and taken something that you've made, who you've made, and twisted and hurt and corrupt them. And now they've come to do me harm, but I thank you. I thank you for them because I know how you see them and I know what you say about them. God, I give you thanks. Watch the offense gone, the hurt gone, God's perspective come, his way of thinking changed. And actually, if you continue in that mode, it doesn't even take that long. Watch the peace that comes in the midst of this betrayal and hurt and accusation, people shouting at you in your face, whatever it is. Watch what starts to happen. Watch what starts to happen in their heart because you're partnering with the Holy Spirit. I didn't hear you, sorry. Judas 8, yeah. It is Jude 8, yeah. It is true of food, what about people? People come against you, shout at you. What do you do? Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. (laughs) People say, that sounds, is that really real? Is it practical? Let me tell you, you, I've done this. I've done both. I've done the reaction. How dare, whatever. I've done that. That just doesn't work well. And so you go to the Word and you see this. And you say, all right. And you do it. I tell you, there is a freedom. When you get free from people coming at you, you get free. Man, there's, there's a freedom in your heart. If I could, this doesn't come by impartation. You can't give someone this by impartation. It, it, it comes through maturity. It comes through choices. It comes through study. It come, and, but I tell you, if I could give something, one thing, it would be this. Lord, I thank you that you deem me worthy to be treated like you were treated. It says in the New Testament, they counted it all joy that they were counted worthy to suffer for his name. Lord, I thank you. Man, it didn't feel nice, but you must trust me because they treated me like you. Oh, Lord, thank you because the Bible says, blessed are you when men persecute you and revile you and throw your name out as evil. And do all things, all hateful things to you for my name's sake. Lord, oh, I thank you. 
That's the Christian way of thinking. That's God's way of thinking. Through giving thanks. What if it's true? I have, I, can I just be real? I have people come at me all, all the time with whatever. You should do this. You shouldn't do this. You should share this. Whatever it is. And I understand it. But to realize that sometimes when a person comes to you, they're nervous. It takes courage. Because they only see you up here. They don't see me at home. We're no different than anybody else. I can guarantee you that. But they're nervous. And now they're coming and they're like bringing like, we don't think you should do this. Thank you for your courage. Not react. Or Lord, I thank you that they're bringing me something that, that may be true. Maybe you, you're giving me an opportunity to have victory. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Not for, in. I think that's enough. Or you can react. It's up to you. <laughs> I encourage you to both. See which one works better. I'm here to tell you, God is really smart. He really knows what he's doing. Really, he does. The sacrifice, the free thanksgiving from the heart. Become a professional thanker. Anyway, let me, let me just say this to you. After looking at this, it actually becomes a marker, think about this, of God's favor over this nation. Why do I say that? With this understanding, simple understanding, in God's wisdom, he made sure that at the outset of this nation, every year, they were, in a sense, had a moment where they would give thanks. That tells me of God's affection for the nation. He made sure every year, I want this nation to have a day where all they do is give thanks. Oh, oh, that tells me, man, he loves this nation because he knows what it does. Isn't God good? Practically, I'm just going to read you these. How do I, what do I do practically? Thank God from the heart, even when it feels like a sacrifice. Number one. Number two, appoint yourself to give thanks. Literally, appoint yourself. I am now a professional thanker. Assign yourself to it. Develop vocab for it. Develop a heart for it. Literally. Learn who he is so you can thank him in all things. Give thanks for people or in situations when we don't understand. And the fourth one, which I won't get into now, which is thanksgiving as an actual action, which is communion. Every single time, all the scriptures that I've read to you in the New Testament, every single one, when it says give thanks, it is the word Eucharistia. A lot of people, the, the Eucharist, a lot of people think the word Eucharist is the word communion. It's not. The word communion is actually fellowship. Kinonia, remember biblical fellowship? all those long two weeks ago? That's the word for communion in the Bible. It's a fellowship meal, fellowship. The giving thanks in the Lord says he broke bread, he says he gave thanks. And he, that part, give thanks, and all the scriptures I read you is actually where we get the word Eucharist, Eucharistia, because it's the heart through which we, we, we do communion with. I take it almost every day. Some days I forget but almost every day, I take it. Almost every day. I've got a few clothes that are stained from the juice. But that's an action. He's given us an action. So why don't we stand? I trust that's helpful to you. I encourage you. Become a professional thanker. Assign yourself to it. Give thanks for that family that's on their way to your home next week that you can trust God to use to give you an experience of putting this to practice. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. I used to have the thanking, you know, stuff on my mirror. I used to write it down in the bathroom. I give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you that we can come to you and give thanks. And when we do, like in the Old Testament, Everyone around us is blessed and starts to celebrate who you are. Lord, we give you thanks. We thank you for this nation. We thank you for the 400th year of thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you that you are with this nation 
And regardless of how we feel, you reign supreme. And regardless of what's going on, you are aware. And God, we give you thanks in such a way that we can invite others to join with us and bless your name. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Amen. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. I don't have a lot to add except thank you, Clayton, because I listened and I applied what I learned. Thank you. If you would like prayer for anything, please come up. There will be people to pray with you. And have a wonderful Thanksgiving week. Be blessed. Good morning, Free Life Church. We are glad you've joined us today. If you are visiting in person, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag and find out how to connect with us. We look forward to meeting you. The Giving Tree is up! Each year we partner with One Hope Ministries to bless children in our area at Christmas. Stop by the tree in the lobby to pick up an ornament with a child's name. Purchase your gift and return it by Sunday, December 12th. Want to share the joy of distributing the Giving Tree gifts? Bring your family and join us on December 19th to pray for the families and bless them with the love of Jesus. This is always a special time. Look for details on our events page. Registration for child dedications is closing soon. If you have a baby or young child, we invite you to present them for prayer and blessing on Sunday, December 5th. Register now through November 30th. December is a fun-filled month in Kids Place with many activities throughout the month. Check out our events page for all the latest Kids Place activities and plan to join us as we celebrate this holiday season together. As a reminder, the church office will be closed this Thursday and Friday for the Thanksgiving holiday. Stay informed of upcoming events, holiday schedules, and weather closures by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Scan the QR code or text free life to 41400 to sign up. Remember to learn about all of our upcoming events. Please see the events page on our website. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, Free Life Church.